Let me give you some um, background on where we're at in God's Word. The theme this year is to boldly go. It's from the Great Commission. In the Great Commission, Jesus said, Go, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Therefore, we've been in the teachings of Christ since the fall. We're going to be in the teachings of Christ until next fall. Now, we spent four weeks earlier answering this question. Did Jesus claim to be God? We found out four weeks in a row, yes, he did. And not just in a few peculiar verses. All over, he claimed to be God. The first sermon was entitled, Jesus is Eternal. He's been around forever. Then we learned that Jesus is equal to God. He has the same attributes as God alone. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent, just like God. The third sermon, we talked about how Jesus is the Son of God. He has a -a one-of-a-kind relationship like no one else that's lasted forever. He is the Son of God. Then the fourth sermon, if you remember, was right here last time we were off-site. We talked about the lies that people have taught in the church about Jesus, and we talked about what other religions think about Jesus. Four weeks. There's a fifth and final installment of this topic, Did Jesus Claim to be God? But I saved it for today because it's a Christmas sermon. Okay? Um, Today we're going to talk about how Jesus claimed to come from heaven. You can learn a lot about someone when you learn their origin. There are just some stereotypes that go with certain places. If I asked you where are you from, you could probably share with me a city you're from or a college you went to or a place you lived. For example, if we learn that someone is from Green Bay, we know a few things about them, don't we? What do we know about them? Really bad football allegiances. Yep, we know that. Probably big cheese fans. Sometimes they even wear it on their heads, right? As clothing. (laughs) So what about if we find out that you're from Canada? What are a few things we might know about you if we find out you're from Canada? Big hockey fan. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe you believe in Sasquatch. Who knows? But you're from Canada. There's a few things we kind of know. What if we find out you're from Texas? You probably own some cowboy boots that you would kill someone over, and you got a big chip on your shoulder because you think that you're from the best state in the union. You see how origin sometimes reveals things about the person. Well, when Jesus says he's from heaven, originally from heaven, his origin teaches us things about his identity and his mission. The truth is this. God sent us some things from heaven that arrived in the form of a baby that came from above. Therefore, these are limited edition things that could only come from heaven in the person of Christ. If we receive these gifts from Jesus, then we have them. If we reject them, then we don't. Today we're going to learn about how since Jesus is from heaven, what does that mean to us? Let's pray, then we'll get into the word together. Father above, we thank you that you would open up the doorway from heaven and send your son into this world bearing gifts for us. Thank you for the child who was born. Though he began his existence at a point in time on earth, help us to see what it means that Jesus existed before that. Show us our need. Show us your provision. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. Each of these sermons on how Jesus claimed to be God, I give you the same disclaimer. So here it comes again. I don't normally preach like this, 
all right? I don't normally jump to all these different verses in one sermon. Usually we sit in one passage and we walk through it verse by verse, right? But get your fingers ready because we're going to be in many different verses today. Let's first sit, uh, spend some time with this question, where did Jesus come from? Where are a few places you could say Jesus came from? Just throw a few of them out there. He came from where? Bethlehem, right? Where else? Galilee. Mary. Nazareth. Egypt. If you remember the story, they had to flee to Egypt, then they came back. Okay, he had many earthly places of origin. But ultimately, Jesus wants you to know, he wants me to know, he came from heaven. How important is it to Jesus that he came from heaven? How important is it that we know this truth? Ask me how important. No, I mean really ask me how important. Because I did a little research for you. In the book of John, John says in chapter 1, Jesus came from heaven. Jesus brings up that he came from heaven or was sent from heaven in John chapters 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, Then he skips one, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, skips one, 20, skips one. In four of the chapters in the book of John, he doesn't mention he came from heaven. In all of the others, I came from heaven. I was sent from heaven. I came from heaven. Did I tell you I came from heaven? Guess where I'm from? I'm from heaven. I was sent from heaven. He keeps saying it over and over and over and over again. Why? Because he wants us to learn it. It's important. Where did he come from? Write this down. Here's the first point in your bulletin. Jesus is the only human who came from above. And he really wants you to know it. In John 3, verses 12 and 13, here's what the Bible says. It says this. If I've told you earthly things, Jesus said. John 3, by the way, who's he talking to in John 3? John 3. John 3. Nicodemus. If I've told you earthly things, Nicodemus, and you don't believe... How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Get this. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. That's another title for Jesus. Hey, Nicodemus. I've got things to tell you that I brought from heaven. No one else in all humanity has gone up to heaven and brought these things back down for me to tell you. No one. Jesus makes an exclusive truth claim that can only be true of himself. I brought down from heaven things for you. You can't get them anywhere else. He's the only human who came from heaven. Therefore, he's the only one who brought us things from heaven. Now, people had a difficult time figuring out where Jesus is from because they're like, I know he's Mary's kid. He came from Galilee. He He came from here. They're all guessing. So flip ahead into your Bibles to John 7, 28. Turn with me to John 7, 28. Jesus hears them guessing. No, he's from here. No, he's from there. And in John 7, 28, he weighs in on this conversation. Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple. Okay, get your bearings here. It's like they're at church. They're in the the temple. He says, you know me. You know where I come from. But I've not come on my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for listen, 
I come from him and he sent me. How did they respond to this teaching? So they were seeking to arrest him. Seeking to arrest him. Okay, my friend, stand up now. I'm going to use you as a prop. All right, but don't worry. You're playing the part of Jesus who just told everyone that you came from heaven and God sent you. So go ahead and tell them that. And who sent you? And then the temple guards came and turned you around and said, it's time to cuff him. Who's got the cuffs? Anyone? We're going to arrest him because of what just came out of his mouth, that he was sent from God here. Take him, where's our security team? Just for effect, you want to really take him away? Let's just take him down to the police station and say he claimed to come from heaven and see if they book him. <laughs> no, we won't do that. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you so much. But do you get your, Jesus is in the temple and they're like, get the cuffs. Get, get the cuffs. Because he just claimed to come from heaven. He's a one of a kind. They tried to arrest him for blasphemy. Now, because we get his origin right, He came from where? He came from heaven. We learn a few things about his identity. Write this down. Because he came from heaven, we learn of his pre-existence. His pre-existence. What does that mean? It means he lived before he lived. It means he was somewhere before he was here. He was at a place that he left to come into this world. Now, that's not true of you. Uh, check out John now, chapter 8, verse 23. Just look ahead to John eight twenty-three. Jesus talks about his nature here and his existence. And in John eight twenty-three, he said to them, You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he... You will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? He said he's from above. He was there before he came here. He left there to come here. He's preexistent. In fact, he reveals his nature here. Did you see in that verse where he says, unless you believe that I am he? You see that in verse 24? The original in the Greek, it says this, unless you believe I am you will die of your sins. That phrase, I am, doesn't that give you a reminder of something in the Old Testament? God was talking to who? Moses, and what's your name? What's your name? And God said, I am. So Jesus slaps God's name tag on his own shirt and says, unless you believe I am the heaven-born, I was there first and came here second, you'll die in your sins. He was preexistent. Now look at verse 38. In verse 38 of the same chapter, Jesus says, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Jesus references prior firsthand knowledge with God that he's now bringing to earth. Like, I was there and I saw this. Then he comes down and he's like, yeah, no, I saw it when I was there. Let me tell you a few things that I saw from heaven before I was born. Jesus also, in verse 42, look at verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Verse 47, Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. He said, I'm telling you what I've heard in the presence of God. I'm showing you what I've seen in the presence of God. He was preexistent. 
Meaning he alone can bring you things that he got straight from heaven. Listen, his time on earth was an interruption to his heavenly existence. Maybe in your life you lived in some special awesome place for a a short time. How many of you have a really awesome place you lived for just a short time in your life that you could brag about? How many? Raise your hand up. All right, where did you live? Walt Disney World. Wow. Who wouldn't love to live right down there for a time in their life? And she came back here. (laughs) Who's got another one? Wow me. Houston, Texas. Who's got another one? Dazzle us. San Jose, California. Imagining that the weather's a lot nicer right there than it is here. For a short time. You got one? Hawaii. Who hates her? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hawaii. Wow. And for just a time in your life, you lived in this certain place, and and then you moved on, and now you're here. So if Jesus was in the room, he could be like, ooh, ooh. Ooh, call me, call me. Yes, you? He could be like, heaven. Heaven. You, you lived in heaven? Yeah, for how long? Forever. And you're here? Just for a short time. You're going back? Yeah, I want to come. Jesus, his origin was heaven. This was just a temporary place he stopped over for a while. Then he went back. He therefore is preexistent. Write this also. He's also eternal. He's also eternal. His eternal nature is revealed by his origin, his preexistence, and his eternal nature. I preached a whole sermon on this, which is online if you want to read it or listen to it. But in John 17, 5, you can go ahead and turn there. John 17, 5, Jesus says something about how old he is. A lot of times people don't like to reveal their age, but Jesus did. John 17, 5, he says, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you when? Everybody say when? Before the world existed. You were around when? In the presence of God for eternity past. I was there. Don't let anyone tell you Jesus was made at some point in time. Don't let anyone tell you he was a created being who at some point God made him something spectacular. No, He left here and went right back to where he had been forever. His eternal nature is revealed from his origin. He's from a higher realm than earth. In fact, this is a mind-boggling truth. Jesus is actually from a higher realm than heaven. The Bible teaches that Jesus created heaven. His construction crew got that job and assembled it. Heaven is a created place. Angels are created beings. He just dwells there. Check this out, Colossians, we'll put the verse up here, 116. For by him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He's preexistent. And he's not only preexistent, dwelling in heaven, he predates heaven, he's eternal. He's also on a divine mission, write that down. He's on a divine mission. God sent his eternal son from heaven on a divine mission to do something for you that only he can accomplish. When you think of the word mission, you think of some big daunting challenge, right? Right. When I think of the word mission, I think of like the moon landing. Check this out. The Apollo moon landing. And when you look at that picture and think about how much training and vision and money and stress went into making that one moment possible. What a mission! 
Even hearing about how, how in the craft that was to land on the moon, their original landing site was a big hole. And they had to then improvise and find a new landing site with only about 20 seconds left of fuel left. Wow, what a mission. Or maybe think about Normandy. The mission of the allies trying to overcome the evil powers that trying to keep them out. And look at those men. Look at the mission that they've been given and the sacrifice they're willing to make to fulfill the mission. Or maybe even from the movies, think about this mission. Here's this picture. Needing to destroy the Death Star. All the men sitting in that room with courage as they're about to mount, Star Trek fan, mount an assault against Vader and his... It's a mission. Think about it that way. God sent his son on a mission to come into this world to do some things for you that only a heaven-born king could do. So if that's true, if he is preexistent, eternal, on a divine mission, if he's the only human who came from above, what did he come down with? Right? If you've got kids, you get this question a lot when you get back from a trip, whether to the grocery store or somewhere else. What'd you bring me? What'd you bring me? What'd you bring me? What'd you bring me? So the question is next, what did he bring us from heaven? There are a few things that only Jesus can bring into the world and there's nowhere else you can get them. Do you know there's things you can only find in Chicago? Name something you can only find in Chicago. Pizza, Giordano's, right? Okay, but you know what I heard? I heard that Giordano's, there's a couple of them now in Florida. But though all those people who are sitting around eating our pizza are asking the question, where did this come from? Answer, Yeah. All right, how about Portillo's? You know they threw a few Portillo's out in California? You know that? But as they sit down to eat the Italian beef there, you know the question they're asking, where did this come from? Answer, Chicago. Okay, there's only one place where you could see the big Millennium Park bean, right? There's only one place where you can find your Chicago Bears. Now, we might loan them to other stadiums so that they can return in triumph. But the point is, (laughs) where are they from? Where are they from? One place, Chicago. You can only find them here. There's some things you can only find in heaven. If you don't get these from heaven, you can't get them anywhere else. And Jesus brought them with him in the manger. Here's the first one. Write this down. Light. Light. I can't see without Jesus. Turn to John 12, verse 44. John 12, verse 44. He came with some things. John 12, 44, we read about one of them. It says this. Jesus cried out and said this. Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. Did you catch that? Whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness few assumptions Jesus is making here. First, he's making this assumption. Terry, you're in darkness. Jesus came down and said, you, along with the rest of humanity, what does God see when he looks into this world? One of the things he sees is we live in darkness. He lives in light. Light came down to beckon us out of darkness. This describes his different nature. He is light. He's God, he's pure, he's holy, he's sinless. The very nature of God is now contrasted with your nature. You're filled with darkness. You live in darkness. It also contrasts a few other things. 
Light and darkness represents the battle between good and evil in Scripture. And listen, we're on the wrong side at birth. We're on the team of darkness. We need to be called out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son whom He loves. We need to be transferred from darkness to light. It talks about your allegiance. Darkness and light describes your spiritual condition. Therefore, light is something Jesus is. Light is something Jesus wants to get you into. I can't see without Jesus. Uh, I was blind, but now I see. Did you hear the story this last week about the man who got on a plane, fell asleep, and then woke up in a pitch black locked plane on the runway in, I think it was Houston. Did you hear about that guy? We got a picture of him. His name is Tom Wagner. United Airlines flight. He woke up on a pitch black, empty, locked plane. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know what happened. So he called his girlfriend and he said, I need help. I've been completely in the dark. I'm locked on an airplane. I need you to tell him to get me out of here. So she called United Airlines and they came down. It took him 30 minutes, but they finally opened up the plane, turned the lights on and let him off. What a nightmare. Trapped on a pitch black plane. He needed light. He needed freedom. When God looks down, that's what he sees. He sees people like us who need light, who are in darkness. He wants to turn on the light from heaven. Light. I can't see unless Jesus helps me. And light stepped down from heaven so you can step out of darkness. When we think about lights, Christmas is filled with lights, right? Maybe you love getting your house all decked out with lights for Christmas. Lauren and I drove past a house in Orland yesterday, and it was filled with so many lights that people were, there was like a parade of cars going by this house because they had so many lights up. Maybe if you don't like lights, I found an awesome picture that will give you an idea for next year. Here's a house. They got creative. They didn't really want to put up many lights, so (laughs) they just put up a little strand of lights and then attached a Grinch to it. He seems to be taking it down. (laughs) But we love Christmas lights. Christmas is filled with lights, right? And it's the Grinch who tries to steal all the lights. Light is something you can't get apart from Jesus. So when Jesus turns on the lights, what do I see? Well, Jesus says that he's the full manifestation of God. He's God in human form. He said, if you see me, you see God. I'm the light. I show you God. Even more than that, he shows you your true nature. Once the light has shown in your heart, you see your own sin and you're tempted to flee back into the darkness. But that's not his will. Check out John chapter 3, verse 19. Turn to John 3 again. Back to Nicodemus. Jesus comments, based on being the light, what he's trying to show us about our own true spiritual condition. And in John three nineteen, he says this, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their works were evil. We don't just live in darkness. We love darkness. We cherish our sin. We defend our depravity. We are, we are devoted to our way of life. And Jesus comes down and says, the light has shown. You need to leave the darkness that you love behind and step into the light. Light! I can't see without Jesus. This is a Christmas truth. This arrived from heaven in the person of Jesus, and there's no other place you can find it. Here's the second thing that arrived. Write this down. Love. 
love. I can't belong without Jesus. I can't see without him. I can't belong without him. What does that mean? Well, look at John 3.16, verse we all know and love. For God so, what's the word? Let me just pause for a moment and let that soak in. For God so loved. What? The world. It's in darkness? Yes, he so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Love arrived in the manger from heaven because God wants you to know the love of a father. I saw a uh, talk show recently that was very moving. It was one of those talk shows uh, where they bring the naughty teenagers on and then they send them off to boot camp to reform them. Have you seen those before? Where the drill sergeant comes out and he's like, who do you think you are? I'm going to scare you and I'm going to reform you. And then a week later they take him off to some camp. A week later the kid comes back and he's like a new kid, right? Boot camp. Well, this episode was actually called Boot Camp My Preteen. So this is a preteen boy who's giving mom all sorts of grief. And the drill sergeant's going to come out. He's going to start threatening him, right? Like, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be on you forever. And so it backfires. The kid does something that just stops the drill sergeant in his, in his tracks. Here, check this out. You love that woman right there? You love her, right? Yes, sir? Now, you're not an adult till you're 18. Do you want me to be your daddy for the next eight years, son? Huh? Yes, sir. You do? <laughs> Daddy. You have no daddy? Well, let me tell you something. Come here. Give me a hug. I love it. It's so moving. <laughs> He's trying to scare this kid, and this kid's like, I, I have no daddy. I, I'd love for you to be my daddy. Wow. Listen, your father has that love for you. Your father wants you to know that love from heaven. He wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know he affirms you. He wants you to know you're in his family. Jesus, though, is the way he expressed that love and made that love available to you. And if you don't go to Jesus to get it, God's love cannot enter into your life. You can't belong without Jesus. We really want to know the love of the Heavenly Father but we can easily misunderstand the love of God. We can misunderstand how God loves us, and we can misunderstand why God loves us. Sadly, many people will tell you that God will love you no matter your behavior in this life. Whatever you choose to do, whatever you choose to be, however you live your life, you know what? We're all God's children, and he just loves you. This is the all dogs go to heaven thinking, right? Everyone's going to get there eventually, except maybe a few really bad people. How could God not love you? God is love, right? It's a lie to believe that God loves you no matter your behavior. It's a lie. How do I know that? Because Jesus came into the world to die on the cross for your life, for your sins, for your choices. If you say, I'm great, God loves me just as I am, what's the problem? You don't even know how he showed you his love at the cross. Sadly, some people will lie to you and say, God will love you no matter your belief system. It doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you really believe it, God will accept you. 
That's a disgrace to God who would send his son into the world in the form of a child with the love of a father to welcome you into his family and then for you to come along and say, I don't really even believe Jesus ever lived. I don't think he really even ever died on the cross. I don't think you really need to even know him to get into heaven. That's calling God a liar. And it's disgracing the gift that he sent you at Christmas. The truth is, God loves the world. But we have to know how he loved the world. He loved the world in the form of a child who could bring us into the family of God. There's no other way we can receive God's love. We also have to know why God loves us. God loves us because our lives are transformed when we receive Jesus as Savior. That's how we know that we have received his love into our lives. Check out John 16, 27. Skip ahead to John 16, 27. There Jesus has a few things to say about the love of God. 16, 27, it says this, For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. Why does God love me? Why does he love me? Because I've understood his love came to me in the form of his son. And I've received his son as savior, therefore his love is upon me. And I've been adopted into his family. If I don't receive the love he's given me in his son, his love never makes it into my life. Do you understand that the way, the way that I receive Jesus is the way that I receive the father. If I love Jesus, I love the father. If I don't love Jesus, I don't love the father. My relationship to Jesus is my relationship to God. Because there are things from heaven only Jesus can deliver because he came from there. One of them is the love of God. Hey, don't you want to know the Father loves you? Don't you want to know that embrace is on your life? Don't you want to know he's helping you? He's there with you? If you have Jesus, those things are true for you forever. But listen, this is the truth in Scripture. If you don't have Jesus, the love of the Father is not in your life. You might feel like he's been there for you, but he hasn't been. You might feel like he's helped you through some things, but he hasn't. You might feel like he hears you in prayer, but he doesn't. Because the gift is still wrapped under the tree, and you've never opened it, and that's his love. But it is there for you. Light, I can't see without Jesus. Love, I can't be long without Jesus. It's the way God shows his love for me. There's a third one, and that one is life. Write that down, life. I can't see without him. I can't be long without him. And guess what? I can't live without him. Jesus brings the life from above. Check out John 6, 33. John 6, 33. Go ahead and turn there with me. Jesus has just fed the 5,000. It'd be pretty sweet to be there on that day. What are you doing for lunch? I don't know. Don't have any plans. Don't have any money. There's this teacher out there. Let's go hear him. And Jesus provides the food for 5,000 people. Here's what happened after that, though. A few guys tracked him down, typical men, hungry. And they said, hey, that's pretty cool what you did with the 5,000. Can you feed us again? We wrote down our orders. Uh, I'll take a hot dog. 
uh, Clark over here wants a cheeseburger, and Stewie back there would really love an Italian sausage. Could you feed us again? They're treating Jesus like a drive-thru. Jesus is sitting there like, I didn't feed 5,000 so you could keep coming to me for food. I was trying to alert you to a greater spiritual reality. All right, so we pick up this conversation halfway through in John 6, 33. Jesus says, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus is talking about himself. He's saying, he's saying I'm like wonder bread. I'm like from heaven to give you life. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. They still don't get it. We'll follow you around and you feed us lunch, okay? Verse 35. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have, listen, come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled. They didn't like that he claimed to be the life. They didn't like that he said, I'm the bread from heaven who gives you spiritual life forever. Do you know that this also... All three of these things Jesus brought with him teach you about you. Jesus says, I'm the light, which means you're in darkness. Jesus says, I brought the love of God, which means you're a stranger and an alien and an exile and a foreigner and a rebel who needs to be brought into the family of God. And here he says, I'm the life, which means you are dead. Doctor, what do you see? What's his condition? Where do we start? Uh, He's dead. We need to paddle him. Yeah, but he's got a really big wound in the leg and his, his uh, arm doesn't look so great. It might be bro- No, he's dead. Paddle him first, then we'll start fixing things other than the fact that he's what? Dead. First problem, spiritually we're dead. Ephesians chapter 2 says, As for you, you Christian, you were dead. But he's given you life. Jesus is the life that came down from heaven. Life is the biggest thing dead people need. And we have to believe Jesus is right about his origin, that he came down from heaven into this world with things you and I need. Otherwise, we don't know his identity, and then we can't figure out his mission. Do you see that? Did Jesus claim to be God? If you answer that question wrong, you get Christmas all wrong. It's a Christmas truth. That that baby who was born in the manger came from somewhere he was before he arrived. He came from heaven. He even predated heaven. We have to believe God sent him into this world with things you can't find anywhere else. Either you come to him in the short amount of time God gives you in this life. You receive from heaven the things God delivered in this little child. Or you leave this life without them. You enter the next life without them the light from above, and you'll spend eternity in darkness. You'll enter the next life without the love of God upon you, and you'll be exiled forever. You'll leave this life without true life, and you'll face what the Bible calls a second death that will never be undone. But God has greater plans for you. His love, His life, His light is right there in front of you. 
He sent it into the world. He wants you to receive it. Let me just say this in closing. Some of you who came into the room this morning, you don't have what God has sent into the world through Christ yet. You've never really had a true Christmas because you've never really received the gifts from heaven. But God brought you here this morning so you can hear the truth. So you can truly rejoice in what arrived that Christmas morning. I want to give you a chance to receive these gifts from above this morning. I want to give you a chance to put your faith in Christ. Let's all bow our heads and let's close our eyes and let's pray together. Father, we love Christmas. We love the presents. We love the snow. We love the music. Lord, we love the baby who was born king. We fall on our knees and adore him. Lord, thank you for the light. We lived in darkness, but you changed that. And I trust that this morning there are some people who came not knowing you, not feeling your love, not seeing your work in their life, not having hope of heaven. You brought them here this morning so that they can be saved, so that they, like the wise men, can fall on their knees in front of the king and worship him. Lord, I just want to give people a chance to respond to the gospel this morning to call upon Christ as King and Savior and Lord. They may want to pray something in their hearts like this. Heavenly Father, I believe I've lived in darkness. I believe I've lived as an enemy of God. I believe that I was dead in my trespasses and transgressions. But I believe that you sent Jesus to save me. I believe he was light, pure, sinless. I believe he was love, a child of you. I believe that he has the life that I need forever. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Give me peace that can only be found in the Savior. Lord, I just ask that those who receive Christ as Savior would be filled with hope and joy. That this Christmas would just bring to life what your word says. What you would give to us, this world from heaven. Lord, we're just in awe by your love for us. May we worship you appropriately. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.